Hey, welcome to Plant Yourself. I'm your host, Howard Jacobson. Two quick announcements before we get to today's show. If you're interested in becoming a health coach, I'm offering another run due to popular demand for people who can't make 8 p.m. on Wednesday nights, Eastern Time. So we're doing another run of the program, which will meet the practicums will meet at 10 a.m. on Wednesdays, Eastern Time U.S., which means if you're in Europe or Africa, uh, that might be good for you. Also, if you're in the US and evenings aren't good and you have free time in the mornings, either 7 a.m. Uh, Pacific time or 10 to 1130 Eastern, then you can participate. If you want to find out more about becoming a wicked effective health coach, you can go to wellstartcoach.com. Second thing is, if you're not aware of it, Josh Lajani and I have a book that is free on Amazon Kindle. It's called Sick to Fit. And if you just go to Amazon and search for Sick to Fit, you'll be able to download it for free and read it on any Kindle enabled device, even a phone, smartphone, tablet, computer, whatever. All right, let's get to today's episode. This is the Plant Yourself podcast. I'm Howard Jacobson of plantyourself.com and wellstarthealth.com. This podcast is part of my mission to help you live an athletic and assertive life. So today's conversation is with Cheyenne Darkangelo, whom I believe is the youngest person I've ever had on the podcast at the age of 25. But Cheyenne already has an impressive resume and career. She's a professional hockey player for the Toronto Fury in the Canadian Women's Hockey League. So one of the best players in the world. And she's been plant based for the last seven years. And she's turned plant based into more than just a personal protocol. She received a certificate from E. Cornell from the T. Colin Campbell a nutrition studies program. She's a plant based performance coach. She's a mentor to young female athletes. And she's pretty much a ball of energy around this idea that eating plants in as close to their natural state as possible can help us perform better in places where performance is really key, like professional athletics. Now, our conversation was brief. We only talked for 40 minutes, which would make a uh, a short podcast. So I want to kind of do a little bit of not so much housekeeping, but just talk for about 10 minutes about where I'm at, where the podcast is at, where Well Start Health is at, um, and to get some feedback from from you guys, from the audience, from the listeners, uh, whom I really regard as partners in this project. So there's a page on Plant Yourself, which is uh, slash PYP, plantyourself.com slash PYP, that just lists every single podcast in descending chronological order. So the latest ones at the top and way down at the very bottom, the very first ones that I did. And I was going through that. Um, and I'll talk about why in a minute, but just going through that entire list, kind of looking at sort of a, a time machine, like the looking through the wrong end of a telescope and seeing from far back, like what the podcast was, what I thought it was going to be, um, remembering some very, very awkward moments that I had in conversation and kind of looking back the way, you know, not to be too full of myself, but the way a professional artist might look back at their childhood sketches. And at the very beginning, almost all of my guests were cookbook authors. <laughs> And I thought like, you know, great recipes and, and innovative meal techniques were like everything that I wanted to talk about because I was all about the food. And then I started morphing into wider topics, talking about movement, talking, talking about psychological health, uh, bringing in some experts from the field of from academia to talk about habit change, behavior change. Then tapping this vein of people who have made big change, these amazing transformations, people like Josh Lajani, Tim Kaufman, Anthony Massiello, Bethany Janicek, Jason Harper, and really learning more from them than I've learned from any book or any course that I've taken on health behavior or behavior change. And now I'm at number 321 today, and I'm feeling like... The podcast wants to move into new directions. It wants to broaden, maybe, or get more specific in some areas. And I'm not quite sure. I've had this feeling a few times before. And so I'm not rushing to anything. I still have a bunch of episodes lined up. I have a conversation uh, next week with uh, Wayne Jonas, 
who wrote uh, How Healing Happens. He's really a bigwig if you look him up. Another podcast interview this uh, Friday, which I think will be the next one that you will hear with my friend, martial arts instructor and mentor, Glenn Murphy. Uh, and I think we're going to be talking about technology and how to tech proof our lives so that we aren't slaves to our devices. Um, I've got a conversation coming up at the end of this month with Philip Shepard, who wrote a book that is blowing me away called Radical Wholeness uh, that I absolutely recommend. And I can put the, a link to that in today's show notes. Uh, so I have stuff going on and it feels like the podcast is in a little bit of a cocoon and wants to break out in some way and to become something more. And I'm not quite sure what that is. So sometimes it's easier, uh, as a friend of mine says, it's uh, it's hard to read the label when you're inside the bottle. So it it may already have evolved in ways that I can't see that I'm just too close to. So I would love it if you have a sense, if you've been a longtime listener and you have a sense of where it's sort of organically going or where you'd like it to go, some unexplored potential that the podcast has, I would love to hear about it. And um, probably the, you know, the best way to do that, there's a couple of best ways. One is to go on to Plant Yourself on Facebook, where it's really easy to have conversations. Another is to go to this episode, which will be plantyourself.com slash 321 and leave a comment. That's a little more cumbersome, but it's always nice to get some website traffic. Or you can email me directly, hj at plantyourself.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, one thought that uh, has been coming up for me is to create a parallel podcast around health coaching. And it would be with me and Josh Lajani and various guest coaches, where we would uh, speak to someone for about half an hour about a specific health issue they're having or a behavioral issue, a habit they want to form or a habit they want to break. And that would be publicly available. And then for subscribers to the Patreon channel, Josh and I would do a second call in which we debrief and, and we speak uh, as coaches one to one about that person's issues. Um, so that's that's an idea. Um, but I'm also I'm looking for for other ideas, other topics, other areas where maybe people have seen me develop interest and passion, but not really fully explore it. So again, Facebook, blog or email would be great ways to let me know. Now, I said I would talk about why I was looking at that PYP page, and it's because WellStart Health is in a really fun, interesting position, quite predictable for a startup, which is we are looking for funding prior to what's called a Series A round. We're looking for uh, angel funding. We have seed funding, and we're not quite ready for a Series A. And the reason we're looking for funding is that we just got a contract with one of the largest uh, health insurers, health plans in the nation. And we're looking to build out some amazing features, some amazing technologies to support and service that contract so that this plan, the employees get amazing results and then their customers get amazing results. And this is how we really move the needle. And be, when once we're successful here, we can pretty much write our own tickets to other companies that are looking to accomplish the same thing. So I was looking through that PYP page to get ideas for previous Plant Yourself guests who might know something about this world of plant-based venture capital, of early stage investment for, in lifestyle medicine companies and healthcare companies, um, and looking for introductions, looking for insights, ideas, and strategies to help us bridge this gap so that we can really be successful and move the needle and grow um, be able to hire a lot more coaches, get into a lot more programs, and really change the public conversation about what healthcare should be. The public conversation, as you know, for a long time has been about who should pay for it. And we're talking about what people should be paying for. And instead of waiting till people get sick, helping them learn how to stay healthy. And once people do get sick, instead of medicating them as a first and last resort for the rest of their lives for the forever pills, teaching them how to reverse disease through lifestyle, through diet, through mindset, through better sleep hygiene, through stress management habits, through social support, through nature, through everything that we know leads to an authentic, complete 
healthy, vibrant human life. So I figured I'd just put it out there on the podcast. So if you know something about this world and you think your uh, insights or information could be helpful, just drop me an email, hj at plantyourself.com. Or if you know people who are looking to do something amazing with extra cash, right? I mean, that's that's how I think about investing. I've got enough for myself. So where can I put it to make the world a better place? And I think there's an argument that uh, what, what Wellstart Health is doing is one of those things. Two quick announcements before we get to today's interview. One is we're starting a new cohort, a public cohort at Wellstart Health on May 13th, 2019. You can read all about that at wellstarthealth.com slash program. And we now have a system online where you can register and pay all at once. We've really streamlined it for everyone's convenience. Secondly, coach training starts this week. If you are thinking, if you're on the fence about, do I want to learn the health coaching techniques that lead to a reliable process for helping clients change and you think, yeah, maybe, yes, I'd like to, then today's your last day pretty much. Read all about the program at wellstartcoach.com. If you're interested, you can still sign up for an enrollment interview. And if that goes well and we both agree it would be a good fit, I will send you a link to sign up. The first get to know each other call is tonight. That's Tuesday, May 7th at 8 p.m. Eastern. If you miss it but still want to take part in the program, that's still possible. But once Friday rolls around and we start with the curriculum, then we're going to be closing it out. And I do not know when we will be offering it again. So now it's time to turn our attention to today's interview. And, you know, the week has been kind of bleak in the news. A report just came out, I think, from the United Nations about extinctions and the precarious state of our planet. And today's episode is really lighthearted. Here's this bright, energetic, photogenic, empowered athlete being a role model for her teammates, for her community, for for young athletes everywhere, for young women athletes everywhere. And it's just a delight. We talk about hockey. We talk about what it's like in the locker room to be eating differently than other people. We talk about the training and the, the pursuit of athletic greatness. And I want to offer this conversation in the spirit of playfulness, in the spirit of let's just go for it today. Let's have fun. Let's make friends. And let's put the best foot forward and the best face possible on this movement of ours that we know can heal the planet, can heal the people, and can heal just about every creation. So without further ado, Cheyenne Darkangelo, welcome to the Plant Yourself podcast. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you have a you have a great story and really interesting credentials. You, you're you're not the run of the will, run of the mill plant based you know coach and advisor. Um, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> so um, let's start with just tell us a little bit about uh, you know who you are and what you do. Yeah, so um, I'm actually 25 years old. I am originally from um, Brighton, Michigan. I'm currently living in Toronto. I play in the Canadian Women's Ice Hockey League. Um, so for the past four seasons um, out of college, I've been in the NWHL, which is the American League, and then over here in the Canadian Women's Hockey League. Um, I've been plant-based since my sophomore year of college. So it's been about seven years, eight going on eight years now, I think it is. Uh huh. Um, I played in China last year. Um, I've lived in Buffalo, Connecticut, and now here in Toronto. Like I already said, um, yeah. So it's been um, sort of a whirlwind with all the changes. I've also been involved in the U.S. National Program. Um, it's been fun learning more about plant-based eating, living, like the lifestyle. Um, trying to adapt with hockey and travel and things like that in different cultures, even from last year. So it's super exciting. And, um, you know, I'm just excited to um, use my platform and kind of share with people um, what I do and um, hopefully can help them maybe um, make better lifestyle choices. Cool. So so the, fir the first thing that kind of blows my mind 
So, you know, I, I know a lot of athletes and I've known a lot of, you know, sort of younger athletes, sort of, you know, high school, like people who are being groomed for for great things. And almost all of them focused almost entirely on their sport and like weren't weren't really spending a lot of time pursuing other things. I'm really curious how you came across plant-based nutrition um, in, a, in a world that you were immersed in that I imagine it, it wasn't, uh, you know, a hot topic. Yeah, definitely not at the time because I feel like now it would be more normal, so to speak, if somebody, um, an athlete like myself, decided to go plant-based. You know, if I was, what, 19 or 20 again now. Um, so actually one of my mom's really close friends, she, um, is plant-based. And at the time I was having just stomach issues with our pregame meals and different things. And I don't know if it was from the meat looking back or not totally. And she's the one who had just gotten into it and she took the, um, plant-based course and got the certification through, um, Dr. T Colin Campbell um, through eCornell. And so she suggested it to me and she'd been reading more and more. So then I was just like, you know what, what do I have to lose? Like might as well just try it for a week or two and see what happens. And then I ended up just sticking with it. So at first I was just cutting out meat. I still ate fish a little bit and dairy, but I, I've never been like a huge dairy eater. Um, and then progressively as the years gone on, I started learning and getting more interested and um, then cutting some things out. Um, my mom also doesn't eat meat. And my sisters, um, for the most part, they also are plant-based, I would have to say. But um, tinker back and forth a little bit. Um, so, and then th this past year when I was in China, actually, I really, I got to take that same course, which was awesome. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to just start my own Instagram, maybe my own business with this thing. See what, see what I can do with it just to post pictures of what I'm eating, what I'm doing here when I'm traveling and um, having like sport as my forefront. Um, so, yeah. Wow. So uh, that's, that's cool um, that you listen to your mom. You know, when I'm thinking about <laughs> my kids at that age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know it's kind of shocking actually, but just, I guess at the time and how I was feeling, I just, every time I would have, we would have chicken for our pregame meals. So it's about three hours before you would play, which seems like a decent amount of time in it. But every time I had a stomach ache and I was like, okay, I need to change something. So I guess at that point I was just open to yeah. whatever. And I do think it's kind of funny because looking back when you first do it, people are like, well, and even, you know, I probably had these thoughts like, what do you eat if you take meat out of your diet? But it's just now it's something I laugh at, right? Because it's like, I'm not, I'm so used to not basing meals around that sort of thing that it's, um, there's so many options and so many things, especially once you start cooking and experimenting and things like that. Yeah. So what did, when, what did you notice right away when you stopped having the chicken three hours before games? Yeah. Um, well, obviously my stomach felt better. So that's, <laughs> that's probably the main reason I stuck with it. Um, obviously this is a while back now, but, um, yeah, that would, be the biggest takeaway is the reason I stuck to it is because I felt better, right? Or I didn't get those stomach aches. And, um, uh -huh. do, you remember, do you remember what, know, but do you remember what you ate instead? I don't, we, we had like, it was, uh, we ate at like this, um, country club type place that was by the university. And, um, I think we had, it was like a side of potatoes that were cut up. I think I just ended up having like, vegetables with still the potato and then if um depending on if we were because that was for home games right so if we were away then they could order me different like i could choose what i wanted to order or then i would go back to my apartment and then eat something that i wanted to before gotcha and did your teammates think it was weird or did they notice or was it not a big deal um i mean definitely people thought it was I don't know, weird or just different. They were like, but I didn't really make it a big deal. Um, so I don't think, I think the coaches were a bit concerned at first. I remember ordering food or food on the road and 
they would be like, where are you going to get your protein? You can't just have a salad or these greens or whatever, which is interesting looking back. Um, but no, I think for the most part, I had a positive, nobody was really like super negative or pulling against me that I was like, wow, I shouldn't be doing this or, uh-huh. you know, so, um, that helped. And now with teammates, it's so different because people, it's actually, people are asking me questions or wanting to, um, change their diet around or even just do like meatless Mondays or, um, stuff like that. So it's cool. Uh huh. So what did you, what did you say when you're, co- I mean, I'm imagining as someone who was sort of, you know, groomed and, uh, prepared to play at this real, you know, the highest level in the world that you paid a lot of attention to your coaches and here they were kind of trying to undercut or undermine your new food protocol. Did that shake you at all? Um, yeah, I mean, definitely at that time being 18 years old, you're young, right? And I had just been listening to my, my mom's friend. So I wasn't as educated, so to speak, but I, I trust her and um, really value her opinion and know all the reading and things that she does. So I know where the information is coming from a good source, I guess. Um, so yeah, it definitely is that you sort of second guess yourself sometimes, right? If someone like that, you're like, wait, I thought this is fine, but like, let me go check my sources now. So at the beginning, it was definitely things that I would either text my mom something, call my mom, ask her, or then her friend, um, you know, get her opinion or like, okay, why is it this? Why do I take B12? Like certain things that I wasn't as educated on at the time, then would be like, okay, that makes sense now, you know, and then look up things and kind of just self-learn as you go. Uh Uh-huh. Gotcha. Um, so aside yeah. from your stomach feeling better but right before the game, did you notice any other changes when you switched to more and more plant-based meals? Um, it just, it's crazy because it's seven years. It's like, whoa, it's been, um, it seems like such a long time ago. Like I'm so used to feeling the way I do now, you know, like when people talk about having more energy and not getting sluggish or losing weight, things like that. Um, I, I would say, I mean, it must have been a combination, a little bit of all those things this is why I stuck with it. And the stricter I got with things, the better I felt, you know, like without eating. Then it, I feel like then my taste started acquiring different things. And that's why I eventually, years later, I stopped eating fish completely. Not that I would be eating that every week, but, you know, the odd times I would. Now I'm like, oh, why would I ever, like, I just don't, nothing wrong that I'm like, I just, it doesn't appeal to me or sound good. You know, I would rather have something else over that. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially now, it's kind of crazy. Even if I eat at, eating out at restaurants or, someone else's home um you really you really uh see the the different things people cook with and especially the restaurants or for example being in china with all the oils they had over there that's when i feel like my sense my stomach is more sensitive to things because of how strict i am at home i guess or try to be and like obviously i'm human right so there's times when you eat things that you shouldn't be or you know, have a cheat meal here or there stuff. But um, I can definitely tell those different sensitivities with dairy or oil, whatever it is that I'm like, oh, I normally do not cook with this or eat this. So I feel it. Mm-hmm. So s- since you have to perform at such a high level, um, I'm guessing that you have a lot less tolerance and a lot more sensitivity to when you are slightly off your your meal plan. You know, like like you're fueling yourself for performance. Most people don't think of themselves as eating so they can perform. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's a different approach, but it seems crazy as an out, like a, a non-athlete maybe, but it's something that's so instilled in you. I feel like from a young age, um, getting to play in the U18 national team and then um, playing travel hockey growing up and then going to college and playing, uh, playing with the national team and now to pro it's like you do build that regimen every day. Um, like game days, this, you could do it in your sleep, you know, cause it's all, I do the same thing routine 
daily or try to stick to those things. And yes, things happen. Your schedule changes up and, you know, and you, you got to learn how to manage everything, especially with your meals, as that's something people probably don't think about as much as I would, um, you know, if they miss a meal, this or that, where sometimes training and other things is based around your meals, right? That's like more of the difference. Okay, what am I going to have here? Okay, I got to go, go drive to the ring. So do I need to bring snacks, fruit before? Um, what do I want for afterwards? So I can eat something right after then until I get home to make something, um, you know, traveling on planes, um, stuff like that. Yeah, it's definitely, a, uh, I guess, food is a bigger part of your life in that sense or just planning things around it. Yeah. So do your teammates who are not plant-based kind of go through the same level of thinking about food or do they have it easier because they have more options at their disposal? Um, yes and no, I guess. There's always the athletes uh, who are more into the nutrition, I guess, side of things. And then there's some people who, you know, I think at every level, men's and women's um, sports, there's those athletes that are particular about it and, and make it a part. Like you said, they realize that the food fuels them for practice games, you know, the next day. And then there's people who do, don't see that. But yes, eating animal products and not being plant-based, I guess, um, when nutritionists or um, people on staff bring food to the ring for snacks in between, there is more options for them rather than a plant-based eater. But I do feel like it, it has changed over the years, and I've noticed that, or just having fruit, fruit for in-between periods in a game, nuts, stuff that like I would pack anyways. And I still bring things so that I'm not stuck if there is nothing, right? Uh-huh. But, um, right. yeah. So. Yeah, it, so, it sounds like you bring your food to a game or a practice the same way you'd bring, like, your gloves or, yeah. like, like any other piece of, of necessary equipment. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, you could that, – that would be a good way to look at it. Um, yeah, I usually pack a cooler – um, even on practice days for, you know, we practice later now here. So it kind of just depends um, how like my schedule was completely different last year, but um, so I'll eat before and then I'll have a cooler for if I need snacks while I'm down there and then post practice because I have a decent drive home. So um, that way you're just always prepared. So, because you're always going to be hungry after, right. And if you are, then that's when bad choices usually come into play or you're spending money on things that you don't want to and um, things like that, you know, just for the convenience. So a lot of people trade the time for the convenience. So um, mm. it helps to plan ahead and uh, be prepared. So I, I've, um, huh. I've never played ice hockey. I've, I've skated in rinks and I've been pretty cold um, do you, do you burn a lot of calories because of the, you know, thermal exchange play, playing ice hockey and practicing on a, on an ice rink? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I don't know. I would, I'm trying to think with, uh, wearing the cart monitors and stuff, you're up around a thousand to 2000 calories in a game. Um, just depends obviously the player, how in shape you are, things like that, your heart rates and um but i mean like any sport right you kind of once you start playing and sweating and moving and that in the equipment stuff your body's at a pretty normal temperature it's not as cold as you would think although i i know watching games is definitely much much colder than being on the ice and uh suited up in equipment skating uh-huh gotcha so you, <laughs> you don't have to worry it's not like michael phelps has to you know eat twelve thousand calories a day because he's in a pool you don't you don't have to no, 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 it's not to his, uh, to that extreme at all. I mean, I guess if you were training as many hours as he does, I think he's, he does three or four sessions in a day was when he was eating that many calories. Um, but no, it's, it's a way less than that. So, okay. I mean, most like if uh, with the national team when we were at camps or even the most you're on the ice is twice a day. And then you, you would do like a lift or something if you're in, you know, have testing or things like that. Depends what part of the season you're in, right? What, testing. Yeah, just like for the beginning of season, testing off ice, on ice, 
Okay. Um, speed, strength, that kind of thing. Gotcha. So you mentioned that your teammates uh, are now starting to ask you questions. What what did they start noticing that made them curious? Um, it's hard to pick out one specific thing. Um, I mean, I did start my own business with just plant-based performance. Um, so that's, I'm on Instagram with that and just taking pictures of different things that I cook and make and people, teammates, I mean, I'm pretty close with most of them. So obviously just through talking, um, being together when I order food, right. Different things, they, they realize that and maybe just snacks I bring to the rink. Um, not that it's anything crazy, you know, it would just be fruit, nuts, things that anyone could eat or would eat. Um, just different things like that bring up conversations and get them asking different things and then uh, you know just curious because I do feel like it's such a growing thing right now but it, it it's not as much you don't see it as much in like ice hockey or different sports I do feel like being vegan plant-based vegetarian seems to be more in a like uh, aerobic sport I guess like running triathlons mm. I feel and maybe that's bad to stereotype that into it, but I do feel like it's transitioning now and you're, you're hearing more about people if they're not going hundred percent plant-based, at least leaning towards that way, or there's like the blue zone diets now and um, different things like that, which is kind of cool to see. So. Right. And also, also aware. yeah, I'm, I'm not sure like what, you know, what the age ranges are, you know, typically for, for women's ice hockey, um, but you know, you can get a lot, you can get away with a lot more at 25 than at 35 or 40, right? In, ter- in oh, terms yeah. of the, the effects of food on, on performance. Definitely. And most, I mean, most girls I would say are done. Like it just depends if you're still with a national program. Um, and now before I graduated college in 2015, there was not a, well, I guess I should back up. The Canadian Women's Hockey League existed, but the uh, NWHL, which is the National Women's Hockey League that's in North, or in the States, did not exist. The first year of the league was when I graduated. So it's definitely different now for girls coming out of college. You, I think you're going to see um, girls playing longer and stuff, depending on how pay goes and how the leagues go and if they come together and such. Um, but then before that, and even now, if you weren't in a national program, then usually your career ended after college, right? So now we're able to continue to play and um, go for those. And so I would say most girls are done before the age of 30, but then there are a few that play till 34, 35. Some of them have some of the Olympians and things like that. Uh-huh. Gotcha. So, so, you, so when you, when you went into the, the professional leagues, you, you, you didn't, you don't really have an expectation of like, this is what a career for women looks like because you're kind of blazing the trail, right? Yeah, definitely. Like my first year out of college, I um, played for the Connecticut whale. Cause I graduated from Quinnipiac and the team was like, I think a half hour from where I was. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, we heard about it. And I wasn't really sure at the time I was in the national program. So I was in the player pool and I was like, well, I'm going to keep playing. So it's like, why not check this out? Um, Otherwise I would have just probably found a boys team to skate with, train with my trainers at home, you know, to stay in shape for camps that we had with the U S team. But this came about and it was like there was a few uh, girls I graduated with and we're like, well, we might as well go check it out, see if it's real. <laughs> they were saying they were going to pay us X amount and stuff. And I was like this. And it turned out, I mean, the first year was awesome. Like um, they pretty much delivered on most of the things that I was a little skeptical on. I'm not going to lie. Um, so, yeah, we are definitely the trailblazers for that. Um, the Canadian Women's Hockey League has been around a bit longer but um, at the time, the girls here weren't getting paid. And so a lot of the girls jumped over to that league. And so there's been a lot of stuff in between leagues and stuff. But I, I think it's starting to go in the right direction. And um, hopefully for girls coming out of college will be much better. And, you know, they'll have uh, 
road somewhat paved out for them. Mm-hmm. So do you, do you have a sense of what sort of, of platform sports, uh, you know, ice hockey gives you and will give you going forward? And I'm thinking of, you know, like, you know, football players and basketball players who go plant-based have this, you know, tremendous platform. Everyone's interested in it. Do you, do you have a sense of, of what exists now and what, what the women's hockey movement will grow into in terms of your, your ability to get known and influence people? Yeah. Um, let me just think on that for a second. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think, I guess your platform's like as big as you make it, right? I know that women's hockey is a smaller uh, category, I guess, on the map of sports right now. And hopefully we can continue to grow. And as it's growing, um, being a part of the national teams, winning world championship, um, winning the Isabel Cup in NWHL, now being in the CWHL here, playing in China last year, um, definitely just using those accolades to promote myself, I guess, to get people to recognize, oh, look what she could do on a plant-based diet, you know? Um, so I just want to use those um, strengths and gifts that I've been given to help other people. And you never know. I love sports and I'm not really sure the direction when I'm done playing what I want to do. Uh, I coach a little bit, not that I don't think I want to coach, but um, that's just another way to get my name out there to young players and, you know, get them to see, Oh, she's playing base. Like, you know, look up to you and maybe do the same things or try to do, take some of the things that you have taught them um, and use that. And yeah, I don't know. It also helps being an athlete, connecting with other athletes now through social media chains and things like that. You never know what can come of it. Even having my um, other Instagram account, it's just interesting. All the different things. It's not even that big yet. And um, different people that have reached out to me through that or even on my own because of that. And it's kind of cool to see because when you just open up that part of your life, then people can see it and are more apt to ask questions and want to learn more about it, I guess. So do you get a chance to just go around and like hang with girls, young, you know, young girls who might be interested in in athletics, uh, but who never considered ice hockey? Like are you kind of a you know an aspirational not, role model? Yeah, but not as much as usually when we do, we do a lot of different like volunteer events and stuff like that. Um, last year, I got to do more of that because when I was in China, I was strictly just playing hockey. Um, and this year, I'm really focused on that also, obviously. But a lot of girls on our team, like we practice super late at night, have other jobs because you know they need to supplement the income that we're getting. It's not something that you can train full-time off this. Last year I was able to do that. And years before I was fortunate because of the national program. So we have different volunteer events here and there. Um, but general, like generally they're with girls that already are playing hockey or just started, um, the first time on the ice girls and boys actually. Uh Now last year in China, it was kind of cool because I did get the opportunity to go to, like I went to a school and um, different stuff where kids did not know anything about hockey. So then they were teaching simple things and just, you know, hanging out with a, and that's totally different, hanging out with a different culture and things. So they're just amazed from all different angles, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, so the, the picture, uh, I guess it was the Great Wall, yeah. you, you taking a selfie? Yeah. On, that's on, on your website. And tell, let's um, tell everyone what your website is. Is it the Wix site or do you have your own domain yet? No, that's, I just, um, that's very new. The website that I put up there, I actually was just like, I better get this up, you know, sooner than later. Um, just because again, I'm trying to figure out where I, what direction I want to go with it. Um, so I'm doing most things through Instagram, but I do have the website up just so I can, I mean, if anyone's interested to send emails and things like that, but as I said, I've gotten a lot of um, messages through Instagram already um, cause I do feel like that's more of a platform now right. with this generation. Things, All right. Um, yeah. And you your, know, and your but, Instagram account is plant underscore based performance. Correct. 
So I'm, I'm there right now. And I'm taking a look, and I'm kind of I'm kind of struck because first of the first thing I noticed is that you're it's all it's all food photos, and they're kind of f- photographically stylized, like they're pictures from above on on um, you know over over these beautiful wooden boards, and and they're they're you know they're clearly like nicely done. There's not like you know. Stains and splatter, like the way you know my my food tends to look, and at the same time they're pretty simple. They're not like gourmet or stylized. Did you, how did you come to kind of that style or that strategy, or like what what goes what goes into your thinking when you put together a, an Instagram worthy meal? Yeah, well, um, for me, I just wanted it to be obviously with the cutting board being in the background and um, taking the pictures the same, just I feel like gives it a better look on your Instagram to make it more appealing for the viewer to want to come and look at your page. Um, Just as Instagram, somebody on being on Instagram, you know, those are things that I look for. But um, two, with the picture, like you said, said perfectly, it doesn't look super crazy. It doesn't look like I had a I don't know, take an hour or two to take this photo, you know, or cook the meal. Um, And that's what I wanted. I was just going for to be like, look how simple it can be. And I think for me, I'm not sure, but this is how I wanted the pictures to look like, like, oh, I could make that because there's some of the things I see on Instagram that I'm like, wow, that looks amazing. And that I have tried to make. And I'm like, wow, it did not, maybe it tasted good, but it did not look like the picture had. So just, trying to be more real, I guess. And, um, you know, I'm not editing the photos so much so that the food does look like what's on my plate. Obviously it's a little bit messier when you eat it. Um, so yeah, usually when I cook a meal, then I'll just, um, I don't know. I do all my certain things. It takes me honestly like three to five minutes though, just put it on the cutting board, you know, put it however I want, take the photo and then post it on Instagram with my, um, few of the ingredients. Right. For a lot of this, it looks like, you know, the ingredients are the recipe, right? Yep. Like, whoa, what, how do you make that? Well, you just mix together rice, asparagus, mushroom, onion, broccoli, and throw in, you know, cook in vegetable broth. Like, oh, okay. Like, you know, I, f- I find that yeah. pe- people very often want such handholding, like the exact recipe, the exact steps, the exact amounts. And, and your stuff kind of looks like, um, Take a bunch of good stuff, throw it together, and eat it. Yeah, essentially, I didn't want to get into because I I definitely agree with you with like one cup of this, you know, a teaspoon of this, tablespoon of that. And to me, I'm just like, okay, well, when I'm cooking, obviously baking's a little different. You need to follow some sort of um, measurements. But like for cooking different things, I'm like, you know, what? I just want it to be more of a real whole foods plant-based sort of style of thing, just demonstrating like it's easy to use whole foods and there's so many different things you can um, use and make with a lot of the same ingredients, honestly, even. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to make it as simple as possible, quick um, and realistic for viewers. Right. So um, who, who's following you? What sort of, what sort of feedback are you getting? Um, a lot of, a decent amount of athletes actually, that there's been a few different athletes that, that have reached out to me, um, that have other companies and things, then vegan companies, plant-based companies, um, uh, people wanting to collaborate, um, uh, things like that. And that have looked at, at my personal accounts then from this and vice versa. Uh-huh. Um, so so you, are you sort of moving in that direction, like looking towards like career after professional hockey, like in, in the plant-based world? Um, I think so. I definitely think it'll be something, I mean, it's a part, it's a part of me for sure. You know, I do, do believe it's a lifestyle, not just a diet that you do here and there. So it is something, um, yeah, that I'll always be into and interested in learning more and, um, continue to read and learn as new things come out. Um, I, and I, I'm not sure at this point, yes, I would like to do something with it. I'm not exactly positive on what, you know, I feel like there's a lot of fitness people out there, um, dietitians, such on Instagram doing meal plans and things like that. And 
yeah, I think it's interesting in a, a bit, but creating meal plans is also not something that I want to do or want to believe in as much of like, obviously, yes, you need to pay attention to what you're eating, you know, and tracking different things that if you're trying to gain weight, lose weight, this and that. But I think if you're on a whole foods plant-based diet, then you don't need to be so concerned about counting calories and things like that. Because when you're eating whole foods, you're going to be full before you overeat. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I will continue to get educated on the topic and, um, you know, look at opportunities with other people and see, I guess, just kind of see what comes about. I think it would be cool to stay in sport and, um, influence people in that, that realm. Uh-huh. Right. Um, so have your, you started off eating, like eliminating chicken, eating more and more plant-based for just how you felt. Um, has, has your, um, uh, have your reasons shifted or in- increased? Are there other, you know, you mentioned like plant-based, but also vegan, like, are there, how how else how, you know do you, do you think about your your food choices beyond just uh, feeling okay and performing well? Yeah, um, my they've definitely increased um, my feelings toward it on feeling better um, for personal reasons, I guess. Um, but then also after taking the uh, eCornell class, just realizing like environmental reasons or um, different aspects like that of why people are plant-based and things do open your eyes a bit. And um, those are some things, obviously they, those weren't the reasons that pursued me to begin this journey, but um, they definitely are things that, I, that are more eye-opening and that are like, whoa, on a bigger realm, look at these things that we're doing. <laughs> excuse me, to the environment that we live in and um, our farms and all these things that, um, you know, from a government standpoint, that's much bigger than ourselves and that um, the bigger we build this community, the bigger influence we could make, you know, on decisions like that. And I think that that would be a cool thing um, to be able to change things like that, how our food's produced and, why people choose the things they do and, um, uh, you know, why we look at food the way we do and, um, such. So. Right. Nice. So are, are you mentioned, you know, other, uh, plant-based athletes follow you on Instagram and are connecting with you. Is there like a, a, a secret Facebook group or, or, you know, how, how do plant-based athletes find each other? <laughs> Um, there's not one that I know of, but that would be a good idea. Um, and honestly, I just think it's, it's just as like, how, how do athletes find each other on Instagram? You know, um, plant-based is just another subcategory of that. I think, um, I don't know, maybe searching different hashtags. I'm not really sure, but I don't know if your profiles now, I'm like, there's so many different things that pops up because you search this or because you look at that. So that could be a way that Instagram in itself, you know, like the algorithms that stuff connect you to those people. I'm not sure. Um, but it's, it's definitely cool. It's a cool way to, um, interact with people on the same journey as you okay. or choosing the same lifestyle choices. Nice. Nice. So can people in the U S get to watch you play or does it, are you just playing in Canada right now? Um, so there's one, t- we have one team in our league from the U S which is in Boston. So, but then we're also on, you can watch us online. Most of our games on the CWHL. Um, and I mean, some like Toronto where I'm at right now is a little over three hours from Michigan, actually less from Michigan, from from where I'm from. So that's not too bad of a drive, but the other teams are in. There's another team in Markham, which is close to here, then Calgary, Montreal, um, then, like I said, in Boston, which is still far, but it's in the States, and then a uh, team in China. <clears throat> so. All right. So, so um, I'll get the link Bit from you. A, I'll get the link from you for, uh, for, for online games so people can 
can follow you. Um, okay, awesome. And I'll also, also include a link to your website. I noticed um, you on on the Wix site, which is kind of a long, comp- convoluted name. That, uh, but just go to the the show notes for today's episode, and you'll people will find it. Um, that you offer coaching for to yeah, help people. Someone who's interested, I yeah, it's it's something it, that I'm like, you know what? I'll just dabble with it and see what happens. You know, because I've done things like that with teammates and having conversations and kind of talking about them inside and walking them through it or how they would tr- transition because it's so hard to put up a specific meal plan. I think I had like a five day free one that was just like simple recipes. This is when I started my Instagram. Um, but I, I didn't really want to go in that direction because I do feel like sitting down and talking with someone or having an hour conversation over the phone, whatever it is, is much easier to understand. Okay. I eat this, this, and this, and like, let's try and take steps, you know, cause it isn't, it is a lifestyle. So to make a drastic change from somebody who's eating meat three or four times a week and, you know, all these different things to tell them, okay, cut all this out. Like it's, it's not as realistic to stick to that. So that's kind of where the coaching part got brought in or where I wanted that to go. Gotcha. So for, for folks, it sounds like for folks who are serious athletes and are looking to both, you know, for ideas about transitioning and reassurance and also, you know, mm-hmm. your, your Instagram style of no nonsense, very, hearty, very filling, very nutrition-packed meals that uh, that you'd be a good person for, for them to talk to a few sessions. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, even the normal person who is just trying to live a better lifestyle, I would be more than happy to talk to. Like, I'm just as interested in somebody changing. I think it's awesome that you're, um, it's something that you can control. So if that's something that you want to take your next steps in, then I would love that to be with me, obviously. Um, but yes, being an athlete, I obviously love communicating with athletes as, as well. But I would never cut myself off from non-athletes too. So, sure. All right. Well, Cheyenne, thank you so much uh, for taking the time for for your advocacy and for for putting it all on the line every time you go out on the ice. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Howard, for having me. Um, it's it's been awesome. It's been great talking with you. All right. Well, go go from strength to strength, and we'll we'll all be following your your career and your Instagram with with great interest. Great. Thank you. All right. Take care. All right. If you enjoyed this episode of the Plant Yourself podcast, and isn't Cheyenne just wonderful? And you'd like to support the mission of the show, you can subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And for more information about WellStart Health and our upcoming cohort starting next week, go to wellstarthealth.com slash program. And the show notes for today's episode with links to Cheyenne's um, website and Instagram and her hockey team and also the book that I mentioned in the introduction, Radical Wholeness. You can find that at plantyourself.com slash 321. And if you're new to this show, you can catch up on hundreds of archived episodes over at plantyourself.com. A reminder that Plant Yourself is free for those who cannot afford it and supported by those who can. If you'd like to become a supporter, you can head on over to Patreon and just search for Plant Yourself, or you can head over to Plant Yourself and click the Patreon link in the right sidebar. And every subscriber gets access to about 36 of my healthy habit huddles, which people have told me have been really helpful in allowing them to shed old bad habits and adopt new good ones. In garden news, the blueberry bushes have blossomed and are now fruiting, and it's very exciting. Um, My wife has been planting like crazy, so we got some um, squash in the ground, summer squash. We've got a lot of basil, um, green beans. Um, You know, the the peas never came up, um, but we've got a bunch of potatoes planted, and so now we're in this anticipatory stage. I think she's threw in a couple of cherry tomato plants this morning. And we're just uh, waiting and watching. And uh, you know, she's doing all the weeding and watering. So I'm doing the waiting and watching. But it looks like it's going to be uh, a delicious harvest. And I'm hoping that the muscadine scuppernung um, grapevine does better this year than it's done the last two years. We had zero grapes two years ago. This past year, we had about 
30 grapes and about 10 of them were ready to eat. So I've left it alone. I have not pruned it. I have not done anything to it. And we'll see if just benign neglect allows it to come back to its full glory. In running news, I did a good run this morning. It was six miles at about a 916 pace, and it was kind of hilly. And for the, the best thing was it kind of felt effortless. So I'm still working on this plantar fasciitis, and I was able to uh, to pump it up. I ran with a heart rate monitor. I haven't done that in a while, and I was able to uh, be in zone two pretty happily for almost an hour. So yippee. This coming weekend, I have the Umstead uh, half marathon. Uh, looking forward to seeing a whole bunch of friends at that. And I'm thinking of using the summer for 5Ks and 10Ks. And also uh, my Frisbee team is going to be playing in the regionals in Atlanta. And if we make it, then the nationals in Denver throughout the summer. So there's going to be lots of sprints in my future. All right, time for thanks. Thanks, of course, to Will Ridenauer for allowing me to use Sabali Don, the Dance of Peace, as the theme music for Plant Yourself. Check out willridenauer.com for more of his lovely West African Kora music. And of course, thanks to all of you Plant Yourself podcast patrons. There's a new name this week, so hang on and listen for it. Here we go. Kim Harrison, Lynn McClellan, Anthony Vieston, Brittany Porter, Dominic Mara, Barbara, Whitney, Tammy Black, Amy Good, Amanda Hatherley, Mary Jane Wheeler, Ellen Kennelly, Melissa Cobb, Rachel Burns, Christine Nielsen, Tina Sharf, Tina Ahern, Jen Volkanovsky, David Bysak, The Mysterious, Michelle X, Elspeth Feldman, Victoria Dolomanova, Leia Stoller, Alan Christensen, Colleen Peck, Michelle Andrews, Josina, Julianne Rowland, Dolnick, Sarah Durkis, Ramos Circus, Kelly Cameron, Wayne Pedersen, Leanne Peterson, Janet Selby, Claire Adams, Sam Franzik, Jeanette Bedham, Gillis, Sarah David, Donahue, Blair, Cyber, Dorona Vizov, Joanne Carolyn, Ajitati, Jody Friesen, Ruth Ann Funderburg, Misha Rose, and Michael Warbeck. The equally mysterious Tracy Z, Alicia Lemus, Rebecca Hughes, Val Lineman, Rhymes with Cinnamon, Nick Harper, Stephanie Holmes, Martha Bergner, Nicole Ramsey, Susan Ahmad, Molly Levine, the inscrutable Harry R, Susan Laverty, the Panda Vegan, Craig Kovic, Adam Scharf, Karen Berry, Heather Morgan, Ashton Corcoran, Kelly Machia, Deanne Norton, Don Bonnie, Lynch, a plant happy organ, Sabina Kurtzels, Nigel Davies, Marion Blum, Teresa Couple, Shell Rootless, Julian Watkins, Breed O'Connell, Brian Sheridan, Shannon Hirschman, Kate Rosalind, Ayat, Julie Langholm, Hedicardi, Zatuzan, Wakani, Hainline, Aaron Greer, Alicia Davis, Aviva L, Heather O'Connor, Carolyn Jensen. Sherry Olakoski of Plant Power for Health, Karen Smith, Scott Marani, Karen, Joe Crabtree, Tanya Lewis, Kirby Burton, Teresa Carell, Kevin McCauley, Elizabeth Rothschild, Kelly Baker, Miracle, Ann, Jesse, Cheryl Dwyer, Jenny Hazelton, Valerie Peltier, Peter W. Evans, Colleen Harrison, Justine Divot, Joshua Summermeyer, Dennis Bird, Darby Kelly, Lori Fanny, Linnea Lundquist, Valerie Hummel, Dev Casilla, Emily Iconelli, Levy Wallach, Rosamund McEntee, Dan Picorni, Stephen Leenan, Patty DiMartino, Mike Nadakarski, Ann Bishop, Bill Briel, Gothur Schmidt, Marjorie Lewis, Kelly Molden, Trisha Adams, Ian Kramer. Nancy Sheldon, Lindsay Bayshore, Gunmarit Hagen, Tracy Gulledge, Laura Heaton, Meg for Mama Says, and Rochelle Kennedy. Thanks for your generous support of the podcast. That's it for this week. As always, be well, my friends. So if you appreciate the Plant Yourself podcast and would like to help support the mission of the show, there's a few easy ways to do it. One is to just go to wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review. Let other people know about it. Give us some stars. Give us some love. And that really helps us be found by more people. Something else, of course, you can do is let someone know about this podcast, someone uh, who you think would benefit. Send them maybe a couple of episodes that you think would uh, pique their interest or just uh, ask them to subscribe in general. And third, you can join arms and become a patron, a financial supporter of this show. You may have noticed that there's no advertising in the show and it's free for everyone and it's supported, paid for by those who can afford it. So if you would like to make a one time contribution or an ongoing monthly pledge, you can do so at plantyourself.com slash gift. All right. Time for thanks. Thanks to Will Ridenauer for allowing me to use his beautiful song, Sabali Dawn, The Dance of Peace. You can find more of Will's music at his website, willridenauer.com. And of course, thanks to all of you Plant Yourself podcast patrons. Kim Harrison, Lynn McClellan, Anthony Disson, Brittany Porter, Dominic Mara, Barbara Whitney, Tammy Black, Amy Good, Amanda Hatherley, Mary Jean Wheeler, Ellen Kennelly, Melissa Cobb, Rachel Barnes, Christine Nielsen, Tina Sharp, Tina Ahern, Jen Filkonofsky, David Vizek, The Mysterious, Michelle X, Elspeth Feldman, Leah Stoller, Alan Christensen, Colleen Peck, Michelle Andrews, Josina, Sarah Durkis, Rhymes with Circus, Kelly Cameron, Wayne Pedersen, Janet Selby, Care Adams, Strong Fronsek, Jeanette Benham, Gil Assert, David Donahue, Blair Cyber, Toronto Vizo, and Gio and Carol Argitati, Jody Friesner, with Ann Thunderbrook, Misha Rosen, Michael Warbeck. 
The equally mysterious Tracy Z of Evil L, Alicia Lemus, Rebecca Hughes, Val Lenneman, Rhymes with Cinnamon, Nick Harper, and Martha Bergner, Susan Amon, Molly Levine, the inscrutable Harry R, Susan Laverty, the Panda, Vegan, Craig Kovic, Adam Scharf, Karen Burry, Heather Morgan, Kelly Machia, Deanne Norton, Bonnie Lynch, The Plant, Happy Oregon, Sabina Kurtzels, Nigel Davies, Marion Blum, Teresa Copel, Julian Watkins, Breed O'Connell, Channel Hirsch, Shannon Hirschman, Linda Ayat, Holm Hedegaard, Isa Tuzawa, Connie Hainline, Aaron Greer, Alicia Davis. Heather O'Connor, Carolyn Jensen, Sherry Olakoski of Plant Powered for Health, Karen Smith, Scott Marani, Karen and Joe Krep, Tritanya Lewis, Kirby Burton, Teresa Carell, Kevin McCauley, Elizabeth Rothschild, Ann Jesse, Cheryl Dwyer, Jenny Hazelton, Valerie Peltier, Peter W. Evans, Colleen Harrison, Justine Divitt, Joshua Sommermeyer, Dennis Bird, Darmy Kelly, Laurie Fanny, Linnea Lundquist, Valerie Hummel, Emily Iaconelli, Levy Wallach, Rosamund McEntee, Dan McCorney, Stephen Lehman. Patty D. Martino, Mike and Donna Carson, Deanne Bishop, Bill Brielf, Gunter Schmidt, Marjorie Lewis, Kelly Molden, Trisha Adams, Ian Kramer, Nancy Sheldon, Lindsay Bashford, Gunn Marie Hagen, Tracy Gullis, Laura Heaton, Meg from Mama Says, Rochelle Kennedy, Diana Goldman, Stacey Stokes, Ben Savage, Michael Kay, Holly Butler, Diana, David Hughes, Connie Rogers, Claire England, Sally Robertson, Parham Ganchi, Amy Daly, Brian Tourville, Mark Jeffrey Johnson, Josie Dempsey, Karen Schmidt. Pamela Hayden, Emily Perryman, Olga Sidoroska, Allison Corbett, Richard Stone, Lauren Vaught, Abedable Musings, Aaron Hasty, Sean Owen, Sagar Nayak, Erica Piedra, and Danielle Roberts for your generous support of the podcast. That's it for today. As always, be well, my friends. <laughs>